Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Ladies and gentlemen, Devil's Hockey is back, baby! Woo! What is going on, Devil's fans? It is, as always, your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time out of your day to listen to these episodes and show your support. Myself and everybody at the Hockey Podcast Network really appreciates it 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, we have actual hockey to talk about here. Yeah, we obviously have had some preseason games to discuss, but this is going to be my first basically recap video, or recap episode, excuse me, of the Devil State of Mind podcast for season three because we just had the first game of the season and the home opener. And it was a very up and down, very high emotional first game. And it was phenomenal. And we're also going to be recapping really quick the Utica Comets first game of the season down in the American Hockey League. And there was a lot to discuss with that. So as always, we have a bunch to get to. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we're going to start, obviously, with the Devils game against the Chicago Blackhawks back on Friday, the 15th of October. Finally, after a week, after basically waiting all week long, watching so many other games on the NH, on, you know, on whether it was ESPN, uh, TNT, or anywhere, we finally got Devils hockey. It was great, obviously, watching a lot of the other teams play, but at the same time, 
as a Devils fan, speaking for all Devils fans, we just wanted to get to this first game. We just wanted to have a Devils game, you know, that no disrespect to preseason games, but a Devils game that actually matters. It's the first game of the 82-game season. It's at home, and it's against the Chicago Blackhawks, a pretty interesting matchup to start the year. And it's the first of six home games to begin the season. And what's funny about it also is that the Devils' next game isn't until Tuesday. So it's kind of weird how we have to wait all week long for our first game. We play our first game, and then we got to wait a handful of more days until we play just our second game. Very weird start to the season, but you know what? Considering how weird the last year and a half has been, I don't think anything could happen that I could say like, ah, it is what it is. I've seen worse. I think that's basically, I could speak for, I know I could speak for myself, but I'm pretty sure I could speak for a lot of Devils fans and hockey fans in general that considering everything that has happened, uh, it's not a surprise. Um, but going into this game, a lot of excitement. Uh, definitely some question marks as well. You know, obviously with Mackenzie Blackwood still recovering from his heel surgery, he was not able to go in this game. So that was unfortunate. And we were worried about uh, Jonathan Bernier not being able to go for this one because he had taken a couple maintenance days. But he was good to go for this one. Scott Wedgwood ended up being the backup. And luckily, we didn't need Wedgwood um, in this game. Uh, Ty Smith as well, even though he has been skating the last couple of days, could not play in this one. Damon Severson as well. Same thing can be said for Miles Wood. Uh, Lindy Ruff did say, though, that there is a possibility that Damon Severson and probably Ty Smith as well could both be suited up for the second game on Tuesday against the Seattle Kraken. So second game of the year, we have another very intriguing matchup. Our first chance to see the Seattle Kraken in New Jersey. And the Kraken have been pretty competitive in the first couple of games they played. And I think that's something that we that the Devils have to take into consideration and realize that this is not going to be an easy game. And, I mean, no games in the NHL are easy, but this, you know, the, the Seattle Kraken are no pushover. They're going to compete, and the Devils have to be ready for that. And hopefully, they'll be a little bit more uh, healthy going into that game. So we will see. It's good that the Devils do have a couple days off between Friday's game and this one to get some more guys uh, healthy. As for Miles Wood, we're still not sure exactly when he's going to be able to start skating. The hope is, is that he just doesn't miss too many games to start the year because we do need his speed. We do need his physicality. And we also do need his leadership as well to kind of help out the rest of the team. And we just want to be like at full strength. And also the same thing with Blackwood. We will, we're hoping that Blackwood will miss another maybe game, hopefully just one more game, maybe two, um, you know, at the most, and then just kind of be ready to go. So we'll see about that. But going back to Friday night's game, just so much excitement. For me personally, if you had the chance to, I did a live watch along on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. Uh, go check it out, THPN. You can actually go back and watch the replay of it if you want to. And also make sure to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any videos of hockey content that we put out and any live watch alongs that not just myself, because I'm definitely going to be doing a lot more as the season goes on, but just other watch alongs that you're going to see throughout the year. My good friend Ryan from the Starcastics podcast actually just did a live watch along of the Stars Ottawa Senators game on Sunday. So you can go back and check out the replay of that as well. But I was on with my good friend Zach Jerome, uh, one of the hosts, one of the co-hosts of the WCB podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, which covers the Chicago Blackhawks. And it was a lot of fun to do it with them. We had a, we answered so many great questions. We had so many great people uh, checking us out and we just had a lot of fun. 
So please go like and subscribe, by the way, and check us out. It's and, and again, you know, if you can't make the game or if you can't even watch the game, come join us. We'll we'll definitely give you the best play-by-play -play that we can. And it's just gonna be a fun three hours. Regardless how the game goes, we're gonna make it fun. I promise you. So make sure to like and subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel titled THPN and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any new videos and live watch alongs that we do on there. But again, like I said, I was doing the live watch along. It was a little bit tougher to not necessarily fully focus on the game itself. I mean, I did watch it and I do remember everything. You know, it's just that when you're multitasking like that, it can be a little bit tough. So I did actually have to go back to the game recap and watch the highlights just so that I could be pretty clear as to what I saw and maybe something that I may have missed uh, that I was doing to the live watch along. But the Devils, like I said, a lot of hype going into this game, a lot of intrigue on the other side with Chicago. Uh, the only thing that was kind of disappointing, Marc-Andre Fleury, who's uh, just starting out, his tenure in Chicago did not play in that game. It was Kevin Lankinen making his season debut. Um, and obviously the Devils were going to be getting a Blackhawks team that wanted to have a better performance than they did in their home in not in none of their home opener, but in their uh, first game of the season at Colorado. Um, and they certainly wanted to play better than what they did, what they did there. Uh, and the Devils obviously wanted to come out and really have a strong start. But before the game, um, you know, obviously the Devils had their player introductions and that was great. But the thing that stood out the most was the fact that both teams uh, wore jerseys that said hazy on the back or haze on the back. The Devils all in warmups, they all wore number 10 with uh, haze on the back. Uh, everybody on the Blackhawks wore um, a jersey that said haze on the back as well uh, to honor the late Jimmy Hayes, uh, a former Devil, a former Blackhawk who died suddenly uh, earlier this year. Uh, it was a very tragic uh, situation. And unfortunately, Today, because I'm recording this on Sunday, October 17, 2021, we just found out today the cause of death has to do with, uh, I believe they said cocaine and uh, fentanyl, I believe was the other part, was the other thing that was in his bloodstream. Um, and the family said that they hope that this is a story, this can be a story that people can use to kind of prevent incidences like this from happening ever again to other people. So it's really, it, you know, the story just gets unfortunately sadder from what happened. Um, and again, my thoughts and prayers go out to the entire Hayes family during this very, very difficult time, especially now. Um, and we can hope that uh, Jimmy Hayes is resting easy and uh, he's up there watching everybody. And I'm sure he was watching this game. Uh, and it was great that the Devils did a bunch of things to honor him. They had a video tribute. Uh, they actually have a helmet decal on the back of their helmets and the coaching staff on their jackets during practice. They have a, uh, a patch on there. So it's just great. The Devils are really honoring somebody that even though didn't play that long with the Devils, is still part of the Devils family and will forever be a Devil. And as I always say on Twitter and on social media, I say hashtag once a Devil, always a Devil. Like that's basically it. Once you played with this team, you are forever going to be remembered as a devil, regardless of how long or short you play with this team. But it was great to see both teams honor him in that way. And I think it was a great thing for them to do. Now getting to the game. Jeez, man. Dougie Hamilton wasted no time. 17 seconds in gets a nice pass from the far right side from Pavel Zaka. He takes the shot and beats Kevin Lankinen over the glove side into the back of the net. And the Devils take the one nothing lead. 
Dougie Hamilton, welcome to New Jersey as he gets himself his first official goal as a New Jersey Devil. And you want to talk about probably the most perfect guy you can think of to score the first goal of the season. It was Dougie Hamilton. Maybe Dawson Mercer would have been the only other one that might have been better than that. But Dougie Hamilton, the big, the big prized free agent signing, coming to New Jersey, signing that big deal and making an immediate offensive impact. And that was great. And the place was going nuts. I mean, it was just awesome. And it was almost a sellout. Just knowing that fans were back there at full capacity just made it that much more special. And that was the thing that was great. But what made it better was 17 seconds in, Dougie Hamilton makes it one nothing. And unfortunately, that was really all we saw in that first period because a lot of the rest of that period was more or less back and forth. Um, the Devils, I felt like in the second part of that period, just kind of went back to what I've seen before where they're playing conservative defensive hockey, where they're kind of just allowing Chicago to move the puck with relative ease and getting some good shots on net. They did do a good job, however, of blocking some shots that I saw from guys like, you know, Ryan Graves, uh, Dougie Hamilton, um, you know, even a guy like Christian Jarlis, I felt like had a really good game defensively. I would say from the whole perspective, the defensive core for the most part had a pretty solid game to get things rolling. Uh, they certainly had to kill off a couple penalties, uh, which was not, which was not ideal. They got to stay out of the box. Uh, that was something that we discussed on the live watch along, and it kind of bit them at the end of that first period because they did take a penalty. I believe it was, I think it was Dougie Hamilton that took the penalty um, at the end of the period there, um, and uh, Alex DeBrinket ended up scoring 51 seconds into the second period. Uh, to tie the game at one Patrick Kane and Johnson got assists on that goal and the game was tied at one. So obviously that wasn't ideal. And what was very frustrating about the majority of that period until with about two minutes to go was that the devils just continued to kind of just go through the motions. They went from 17 seconds in you score a goal, one, nothing. You're at the highest of highs emotionally and playing wise to now we're well, well, more than halfway through this game, and the Blackhawks have been dominating you since the Dougie Hamilton goal. And it was very frustrating because the Devils were lacking putting the puck on the net. At one point, they only had 10 shots on goal. Um, and you could say what you want about both teams' defense, but it just felt like to me the Devils were not as aggressive as they should have been putting the puck on net. And that was something that was very frustrating. But then you get to about two minutes to go in the period and the devils have the puck in the, the Blackhawks zone and Sharon Govich has the puck and he tried to actually, excuse me, it was Yanni Kwokanen who tried to pass the puck out in front. It was blocked and came right to Jack Hughes who was standing right next to Yanni Kwokanen on the side there. He got the puck, took it with his backhand, nice power move, and then just did a pure wet turnaround and fired the puck right at Kevin Lankin and it beat Lankin into the back of the net. And the Devils regained the lead at two to one. And for Jack Hughes, obviously, with such high expectations for him, getting a goal on opening day was oh, 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 so sweet. Really good screen job by Yegor Sharangovich. And the Devils are able to regain the lead. Sharangovich and Yanni Kwokanen got assists on that goal. So those guys getting off to a good start. Just seeing the young guys getting points on the score sheet right away is something that's really important. And for Jack Hughes, with so much, like I said before, with such high expectations for him to score, that was big time. And the Devils went into the second intermission up two to one. And what was great about that is that I've said this on many a times when I've been broadcasting games and watching 
hockey games in general, the last two minutes of that first and second period, if you can score a goal, you have so much momentum going into the uh, next period. And the same can be said the opposite way. If you give up a goal, you're losing all your momentum and giving it to the other team. Well, the Devils came out in the third period and started much better, way more aggressive, getting more pucks to the net. And eventually, that third line of Andreas Janssen, Dawson Mercer, and Tomas Tatar got on the ice. And they had a couple of good chances. They were whacking the puck at the front of the net. And then eventually, it was Andreas Janssen who was able to knock the puck in on a rebound, beating Kevin Lankin in and giving the Devils a 3-1 to lead. And I had said just moments before on the live watch along that there was obviously some really uh, I was really pulling for Andreas Janssen because of how much expectation he had last year and how much he struggled with you know getting to know his new teammates new coaching staff having COVID it was just all around a very difficult year for him and I was really I was really you know I'm really behind him and I really want him to do well and uh, you know have a bounce back year and he gets off to a great start scoring that goal and making it three to one but what was most, what was the most important thing about that was that Dawson Mercer got the primary assist on that. And in his first NHL game, with so much hype around him, he got his first NHL point on an assist. Mercer had a lot of his family in the building. Uh, they're apparently going to be staying in New Jersey for a couple more games. So they're going to get a chance to see Mercer play his first few games in the NHL. And obviously, that was something I forgot to mention before. But Dawson Mercer, you know, the. The, the Newfoundland kid that so like you look at it and you look at how much, you know, confidence he has. And he came into the devil's organization this year on a mission from the prospects challenge to the end of training camp. He made it clear that he wanted to make this team and Lindy Rupp said it. He made it very difficult for the devils to cut him and to move him into Utica. And they decided to keep him. And he's on that third line with Mercer, uh, excuse me, with Tatar and with Andreas Janssen. And honestly, that is a perfect line for not only Mercer, but for Janssen as well. So I'm really excited to see that. I hope that line stays together because I think they're going to create a lot of interesting pieces and a lot of interesting um, moments throughout the season, a lot of positive ones without a doubt. And I will say this about Tatar. I know some people are a little bit critical of the fact that saying, well, why did we sign Tatar when he should be on the top six with ball, with one of Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer. I think that early on in the season, uh, Lindy Ruff wants to go with what he knows and what he trusts, considering how the top six has you know performed for the most part last year. I think he feels pretty confident. I will say this, though. As the season progresses, you're going to see changes in the lineup, and I do believe that Tatar is going to get top six minutes at some point. But I think right now, with with uh, Andreas Janssen and Dawson Mercer trying to both get off to good starts this season, having a, having a veteran talent like Tomas Tatar who could score 20, 25 goals. I think it's very, very ideal. So I would keep that line for now, but I think eventually Tatar should move up to the top six because I think we're really going to need his scoring prowess as the season goes on, but six and a half minutes into the third period, it's three to one. Now I will say for a fact, I said it on record on the live watch along that the only way you're going to figure out, in my opinion, that the Devils are a different team is that they have a multiple two, three goal lead, which they did in this game and not blow it and not blow it. And what I mean, I don't necessarily mean blow it and lose the game. I'm talking about you have the lead and you don't give it up. You don't give it up and you're tied and you got to find a way to score the next goal. No, you got to lock it down. And to me, the best way to protect the lead, 
keep scoring. Put the game out of reach. Don't give the, uh, the opponents any sort of life. And I would say for about 10 minutes, that was the case. But then the, the Devils started to once again get back in the penalty box. And I knew it was only a matter of time before the Blackhawks were able to score. Kirby Doc scored on basically a rebound. He was able to just tap it in with his backhand. And he scored for his first of the year. Uh, Tyler Johnson got his second assist of the game. And so did Patrick Kane. And most importantly, with about with a little less than four minutes to go in the game, it's three to two. And I'm sitting there with Jerome and I said that it's happening again. We're, we're, we're playing back on our heels. We're allowing the Blackhawks to just come at us. We're not being aggressive anymore. We're trying so desperately to to be conservative, play defense and just hold on to the lead for dear life. And I kept saying it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us. It's going to cost us. And sure enough. With 26 seconds to go in the game, Hagel with a nice pass to the other side to Dominique Kubalik on a one-time shot. He scores. And 26 seconds to go in the game, the Blackhawks have come back from down 3-1 to tie the game at three. And I lost it on the live watch along. And you should go back and watch it at that point. I was so mad. I was so pissed off. I'm still pretty pissed off about it now, even a couple of days after the fact. And I'll explain why in just a few short moments. But once again, multiple goal lead in the third period, and we blow it. We allow the other team to come back and force overtime. So the good news was, at least at that moment, was that the Devils still got a point. But they had to find a way to get the next point. I will be very honest with you. I did not think we were going to win that game. I felt like, here we go again. We are going to lose this game, either in overtime or shootout. And we're going to look back and say, once again, multiple goal lead, blew it. And it's just about, when is that going to change? When is that going to change? And like I said before, I'll get into a little bit more detail about it in just a few short moments. But you go to overtime, and you're feeling pretty good about it because you're saying, okay, we do have some skill wingers, but it is three on three. And also, you know, the Blackhawks have Patrick Kane, and they also still have Jonathan Taze uh, and Kirby Doc, and also Seth Jones. I know that contracts are ridiculous, but Seth Jones is a good player. So you knew that it was going to be a lot more wide open ice, and you were just hoping that the Devils would get an opportunity. And then the Devils do get an opportunity 30 seconds, or actually, excuse me, like 45 seconds into the period. It's a two on one going the other way with Jack Hughes. And I think it was, I believe it was Ryan Graves coming down on the left side and Jack Hughes waited, waited, waited. And he faked the shot, got Patrick Kane to just slide right past him. He waited a little bit more, caught Kevin Lincoln in out of position, way out of his net, went from his forehand to his backhand and into an open net. He scores. And Jack Hughes with his second goal of the game has won the game in overtime. And to cap it off, in celebration, he decided to do, I guess, the baseball equivalent of a backflip, and he literally threw his stick. He yeeted his stick into the stands, and that was the perfect way to end this game, going from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows to right back to the highest of highs. And the Devils, despite having a two-goal lead and blowing it in the third period, still found a way to win this game in overtime by the score of four to three. I said that the Devils were going to win four to three. I did not say they were going to win it in overtime. And I certainly did not think they were going to have a two-goal lead and blow it. But Jack Hughes, 
getting the overtime winner, second goal of the game, second of the season. Ryan Graves, another one of the new acquisitions, getting his first point as a devil, getting the only assist on that. And the Devils found a way to still win that game. And that was the biggest thing, just for them to, to have the situation that they did where they had a two-goal lead, let the Blackhawks come back and force overtime, but less than a minute into overtime, they're still able to find a way to score and, and win that game and get the second point. That is awesome. And I'm hoping that as the season progresses, we can learn from something like we just went through and try to correct that defensively. Now, before I talk a little bit more positive about this and kind of recap this portion of it all, I will just say this. Having the multiple goal lead has to and blowing it has to stop because this is only game one of 82. We have 81 more games to go. Devils fans, you know as well as I know how many times you've seen this team have two and a lot of times three goal leads and easily blow them and not only blow them but lose the game. Yes, it's different this time because the Devils did win the game. But I want to see this team find a way to have these multiple goal leads and don't blow them. Even if you're up four to one and you only win four to three, you didn't fully blow the game. You still held on to the lead and you won. And I'm not talking about getting better necessarily defensively, although that will certainly help. I'm talking about we have a three goal lead and we're still being ultra aggressive in the offensive zone, continuing to put our foot on the gas and not allowing our opponents to come back in this game. Leave no doubt, leave absolutely no doubt that you are going to win this game. I know this sounds a little ridiculous because it's game one of 82, but I'm speaking as somebody who has watched this team before make this mistake over and over again and not correcting it. So I'm not going to sit here and go on and on about it, but I will say this. This type of hockey needs to change. We need to stop blowing multiple goal leads and allowing the other team to come back. We need to get these leads and we need to lock it down defensively. We need to be ultra aggressive in the offensive zone. And if we do that, we are going to win a lot more games than I think people are going to, people expect us to do. So that's the big thing. But the bottom line is this, the Devils win their home opener four to three against the Chicago Blackhawks. And they're off to a real, they're off to a great start. Get, you, know, you get your, you're your on home ice, home opener, you win your first game. Now it's about with about four or five games to go on this homestand to start the year. Let's build off of it. We got the Seattle Kraken on Tuesday. They're a tough team. The, the Devils can beat them without a doubt, but they have to make some corrections, especially if they get a lead. They have to make sure they don't let this slide again because it's not, it's not always going to be, you know, we still find a way to win the game. Let's fix some things up and we'll go from there. But an absolutely great start, great start. And hopefully this is just the beginning of what should be a very, very hopeful and very exciting season for New Jersey Devils hockey. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now to quickly wrap up this episode here, it's a little bit shorter than most, but again, it's mostly just recaps. And if you're new to the Devil's State of Mind podcast, I'm going to obviously, you know, continue to do what I was normally doing where I'm going to throw out news, rumors, and things like that. Uh, but as, but obviously as the season has uh, begun now, a lot of these episodes are also going to be mainly recaps of games and my thoughts and everything. And so if you want you want really good content, really good Devils content, and hearing me rant at times because I'm probably going to do that a bunch this year. Uh, please check it. Please, you know, like and subscribe to the Devil State of Mind podcast. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. What we also do here is we do some prospect slash, um, you know, AHL recaps. Um, you know, down on the farm, so to speak, uh, down in our uh, in the minor leagues at the Utica Comets who are now once again the affiliate of the New Jersey Devils, um, had their first game of the season on Sunday, October 17th, against the Rochester Americans, who I believe, if I'm not mistaken, are the Buffalo Sabres affiliate. I believe I'm hearing that. But Utica Comets, who for several years were the affiliate of the Vancouver Canucks, Utica fans had the opportunity to now see the future of the New Jersey Devils. And I will tell you this, the future, even down there, is incredibly bright. As the Utica Comets came away with a decisive six to two victory at home over the Rochester Americans. And the scoring went like this Jack Quinn scored the first goal of the game, four and a half minutes in for the Americans to make a one nothing Rochester. Then Nikita Ahoychuk scored about three minutes later to tie the game at one. Tice Thompson and Fabian Zetterlin got assists. Then Casey Fitzgerald. Uh, scored with about um, at the 1440 mark to be exact uh, for the Americans to regain the lead two to one. Uh, Sean Malone and Brandon Davidson got assists on that on that goal. Um, and by the way, on the first goal by Jack Quinn, Oscari Langsonen and Sean Malone got assists on that one. So Sean Malone actually had probably the the best game of anybody on the Americans with two assists. But then right after that, it was all. Comments. From that point on, the rest of the game was all comments. It started with Ryan Schmelzer getting his first goal of the year at the 1709 mark to tie the game at two. Tice Thompson getting his second assist of that game. And Joe Gambardella getting his first assist of the year. And that was that. And then, and then, ladies and gentlemen, 40 seconds later, the man, the myth, the Holtz, Alexander Holtz, who we all thought was going to end up making the Devils roster out of training camp, who was basically the last guy cut, was making his Utica Comets debut. It wasn't his professional debut because he played a couple of games last year with the Binghamton Devils, scored his first goal of the season, and it was assisted by A.J. Greer and Riley Walsh, and that gave the Utica Comets a 3-2 to lead after a very exciting first period. So after 20 minutes, it's 3-2. to And then... 
just 90 seconds into the second period, it's Alexander Holtz again, this time on the power play, scoring his second goal of the game, making it 4-2. to two. Riley Walsh getting his second assist of the game, and Graham Clark getting his first assist of that one. And then in the third period, the Utica Comets poured it on as it started with Arnie Talviti scoring two and a half minutes into the third, making it five to two. Brian Flynn and Chase DeLeo getting assists on that one. And then Brian Flynn getting his second point of the game by scoring the sixth and final goal at the 843 mark. Fabian Sederland getting his second assist of the game and Riley Walsh getting his third assist of the game. And I believe it was Nico Dawes that was in net for the... Um, Yes, he was. He was in net for the Utica Commons. He stopped 25 of 27 shots. The goaltender for the Rochester Americans is literally my favorite name in, in the NHL right now. Uh, Uka Pekalukinen, who stopped 18 of 24 shots, giving up six goals. So he had a very rough uh, first game. And, and you know what? What I thought was interesting was that uh, Aaron Dell, the former New Jersey Devil from last year, uh, was actually the backup. Uh, to Pekka Lukanen in this game. Uh, but the Rochester, but excuse me, the Utica Comets with a dominant victory. And that is an exciting way to kick off the season. So if you're up in Utica and you're a fan of the Comets, you're going to be a fan of these devil of these Devils prospects because they are going to do a whole lot this year. And I'm so excited for it. Three stars of the game are Nico Dawes, who I said before, stopped 25 of 27 shots. Uh, Tyler Witherspoon, actually, who uh, was one of the PTO contracts for the Devils this year, was the second star of the game. And Alexander Holtz, not surprisingly, with two goals in this one, including including the fourth and the, the fifth uh, and final goal of that crazy first period was the first star of the game. So for all of us Alexander Holtz fans, we're just licking our chops because we're saying he's playing ticked off. He's ticked off he didn't make the Devils team out of training camp, and he's trying to show right away that he's ready to go, and he's off to a fantastic start with two goals already. So I'm just excited to see what the Comets do this year, what these young players can do, because the Devils have a lot of depth down in the minors that is going to do a lot. And I know some guys that are up in Utica that are going to be going to games, and I've told them, you guys are going to love a lot of the players on this team. This is a workmanlike team. This is a super talented team. And there's so much more to come. And just in conclusion here with everything, I'm just so excited to have Devils Hockey back. I'm excited to have Utica Comets Hockey to talk about. We're going to have so much here on the Devils State of Mind podcast, not just talking about games, but we're going to have storylines. We're going to have more guests that are come on. And like I said before, we're going to have a bunch more live watch-alongs on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel. So again, please go, please sure you go and subscribe to the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube channel, THPN, and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any new videos and new live watch-alongs that we do. But guys, get fired up, baby, because this double season is going to be an exciting one, and I'm so excited to have you guys join me here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast, the home for everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils.